BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Welcome to Cockfather. I'm Craig Bramell along with Dennis Cormillas. What's going on? How are you, man? Good. All right, buddy. Looks like it's going to happen again. Another uh, stay-at-home lockdown. Call it what you want in the province of Ontario. I guess with the variants, hospitals are full, getting full. My big thing on this is, you know, in the last year, why were they not building more hospital beds and machines and ventilators and just concentrating on that? Build a thousand of them. Because, you know, with the Building Union Canada, we know a lot of builders. And the builders have told me there are some hospitals that are 25% empty out there. We didn't have to build new buildings. Why they weren't building more rooms? Because the reason for a stay-at-home order now, you know, more than a year into this thing, we're running out of beds. Running out of places to put people that get really sick from this. You hear two things on the radio. We've run out of ICU beds, and the other side is saying two or three kids got it in my kid's school, and 500 kids were sent home. So there's two dueling narratives. Each side has their professionals and medical experts, and we're caught in the middle. I don't know who to believe anymore. I think that. You know, I with friends and family and people in law enforcement, you know, it is affecting mental health. People are getting very confused, don't know who to believe anymore. If I was a restaurant owner and I ordered months worth of fish, knowing yeah. that it's all going to go bad now, I would dump it on Ottawa, Queens Park, on the hill in Toronto and Ottawa, I'd drop it on their front lawn and say, you owe me money for this. Because this is not how you move forward on this thing. You know, I don't know who to believe. Like the situation in Florida, uh, I think yesterday in the States, they vaccinated 41 million people. <laughs> I mean, that's more than 10% of the population done in one day. There's 380 million people there. That's 15 per year. You know, that's, that's like, why are we missing this? Yes, people are still getting sick down there, and we have a lot of friends and we communicate, or I communicate with in Florida, yeah, but yeah. they're so far ahead of us, and it's so organized, and there's a sense of confidence moving forward. There's no sense of confidence now with this. What are you hearing from the troops, from the boots on the ground, the guys, the coppers? There's a lot of confusion on in enforcing the, the laws, the bylaws. You know, there was the incident in Calgary, police officers went into a church to shut it down because they're over their numbers. And the pastor there, the preacher, just kicked them out. They had no grounds. The coppers had to leave. So there's a mass yeah. amount of confusion. 
a lot of the crime is down. Shootings are up, but that's mainly gang bangers. So one gang banger killing another really, you know, the attitude is who cares. But there's more confusion on enforcing the laws regarding the pandemic. And there's no weight. There's constitutional challenges, putting coppers in a bad spot, especially now where they're going to stay at home. It's such a gray definition that coppers are being put in a real bad spot. They're looking bad. You know, the uniform's looking bad. It's hard to enforce, especially when announcements are flip-flopping back and forth. Yeah. So that's causing confusion. Most of the coppers don't want to enforce it. They, they just don't think it's fair. That's what I get back when it comes to enforcing any laws, whether it's a provincial law, federal law, municipal bylaw, uh, when it comes to the pandemic. It's very confusing for them. They don't have confidence in laying charges on all fronts. Now it's going to get worse if this is happening. Just on the police front, there are some obvious things that the cops, I don't think, have a crisis of conscience. If they see 100 people partying on a front lawn in the in the bridal path, they're handing out tickets, bro. I've heard that the cops are yeah, handing what, out what tickets. If, uh, what if 50 of the 100 say, screw you, we're not leaving? They're not going to arrest them. They have to leave. Coppers have to leave. What What do you do if they push the envelope, which is happening? They're in a no-win situation. So if the people say, okay, give me the ticket, and they stay there, like, like yeah. what is that doing? They have no powers, and they don't want to be stuck in the middle when all likelihood, when this thing's over in three years from now and it's all been challenged, there's going to be no convictions on this. The courts are going to be throwing everything out because of the confusion. If the coppers are confused on whether to lay charges or not, the persons that are out, like the group you just mentioned, if it's 50 or 100 people, are just as confused. And so it's causing big problems. You know, I don't know what's causing morale problems, but they just don't want to be the ones that are getting crucified and talk about the coppers because they laid some charges that aren't going to go anywhere anyways. They think it's just a waste of time. They'd rather avoid a situation like that big house party or something like that, go in and do the best you can, get everybody out, lay some charges. But what if they just refuse to leave? You're not calling in the riot squad. You're not going to physically remove anybody. And I think that's what we're going to see now. People are fed up. People are like, you know what? You know, the, the restaurant black market where people are going to restaurants and closing the curtains and just sneaking the back door and come in, you're going to see a lot of that. It's already happening now, but you're going to see more of it now. So like speakeasies. Yeah. I think we're going to go back to that. I think we're literally going to go back to that happening for survival. And you know what? That's the number one thing I miss. I miss going to restaurants. We've, we have very close friends that are in the business and I just yeah. felt like going yeah. there. If you ever had a bad day, go to a nice restaurant, not just for the food, but the people we know Like we go to the regular spots all the time. And you're treated well, and you feel better leaving the restaurant than when you get there. And I do miss that. Uh, sporting events, it's on TV. I don't miss going yeah. to the arenas or the stadiums. Movie theaters, two years before this, I was waiting for them to come out on Netflix anyway. So, No one's really politicized this yet. I think truly we've got two different belief systems right now. And coupled with that is, you know, you brought up the police. We don't have a police chief for a consistent vision now anyway, probably till the autumn, right? So there's only acting people leading the police here. Is that true? Yeah, in Toronto, it's true. 
There, it is causing confusion. There is an interim chief who, I don't care what anybody says, and it's not the person that's there now, it's anybody. It's a lame duck position, right? Mm-hmm. So there is talk about leading the charge on this. The frontline personnel of law enforcement, I think just about everywhere, has been offered the vaccine, which is great. Give credit there. I think that 80% of law enforcement are with the vaccine. 20% are the anti-faxers. That's the numbers I was given. Mm-hmm. And 80% is good. Anything over 75%, then you could move forward. So that's good. So they have taken care of the front. Got to give credit there, whoever made that decision to vaccinate. Now, law enforcement was done. I assume the EMS paramedics were done. Teachers should be done. You know, those groups, people working in an Amazon plant with or a FedEx plant with a thousand employees at a time should all be done also. Those are priorities. In my day, I was at ground zero for AIDS, HIV, when it yeah. first came out. You never knew. And that was a kiss of death. That wasn't 90% you of you are going Yeah, I did. I pricked myself with a dirty needle and, you know, during a drug raid. And, but that was death. At that time, everybody was dying. Not, you know, 95% or 5% of this people could die worldwide. Then it was 95% of you were going to die. So that played a lot. So it's always been around in law enforcement, something like that. But I just think, you know, the frontline coppers are as confused as our relatives or your neighbors when it comes to how do we defend ourselves against this virus. I saw an article, I can't remember where it was, where is it time to put healthcare in charge instead of the politicians. If it was healthcare, Dennis, none of us would be leaving our house. Grocery stores wouldn't be open. They would shut society down. If it was left up to healthcare, some of these so-called experts, we wouldn't be leaving our houses. It would be almost like martial law if we left it up to yeah. healthcare. The politicians are trying to weigh the option here on the economy. I mean, our debt, our all three levels of government's debt I don't think we'll ever get out of it in our lifetime, you and I. We are going to be paying for this pandemic the rest of our lives. Hopefully our children will not be paying it through increased taxes and who knows what else they're going to bring in to pay off this debt. And then you see what's happening in the states, and they're so far ahead of us. They're so far ahead of us on this moving forward. They're going to be at the end of this thing by the summer. I think the way it's going right now, the rollout of the vaccines, I think we're looking at Christmas for us to feel comfortable. And the states are looking at us thinking that we're crazy and they're actually embarrassed to be neighbors with us. I mean, if you listen to Fox News. Oh, no, I got I friends. Every time there's an announcement from Ford about shutting down or whatever, people are emailing me and texting me like, what is going on up there? Like here, and they send me pictures of St. Armand Circle where all the restaurants are open, the patios are open. And 80% of the community has been vaccinated with two shots, not one. Like, come on. Like, we missed it here. We, you know, Is that public? Is that public or is that pay for shots? Or, or no, is that- it's, it's the government's paying. You don't pay for the shot down there. It's open. It's like a year and a half ago. And it's not the elders. It's everybody's been vaccinated. So they've taken our setup and made it work in a very compressed emergency time. Because if this is governmental, socialized all together, everybody gets it right away, 
they've taken our concept and made it work in an efficient way for 10 times the population. Okay. My belief, this is what happened. Whether it was Trump and Biden since. I'm going to give Biden credit on this. He well, went to Trump all the... No, no, no. But Biden or whoever went to the world and said, if you want us protecting you, if you want us supplying you arms, you give us every goddamn vaccine you can. Or we're pulling support. What were we going to do, Dennis? How many times have I reread now in the last two months where the deals are off with Canada when it comes to the vaccines being shipped here? Because the Pretty Boy, what's he going to do in, in Ottawa? Trudeau, what are our government's going to do? What are we going to do? We, we have nothing to say, give or else. And that's what the Americans did. They went around the world and said, start sending the planes over full of vaccines. You need us powerful. Whether what's going on in China or Russia right now, we got to stay the leaders of the world. And by the way, you want to get the next billion dollars worth of arms or whatever, or building waterways, whatever it is around the world. This is time to collect the favors of the, the superpower. And that's what happened here. We're begging them now for vaccines. I mean, I, I was sickened when I saw Ford begging the governor of Michigan, please send, please send, we need help. That was two weeks ago. Okay, that, that call should have been to Ottawa, not Michigan. Michigan could send us a million vials of uh, the vaccine. He didn't make that call to Ottawa because Ottawa can't do it. We're so far behind because what's the threat? Give us or else, or else what? Get Trudeau to stop prancing around, dancing and all that stuff, embarrassing all, I mean, it's really bad. And I think we're going to be looking at this come Christmas, bud. Now, our age group, you're next. I'm talking mm-hmm. about people, you know, 35 or under. They're looking yep. at, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I will be the first to say if we're fully vaccinated by the end of the summer, I was wrong. You know what? Give credit to the federal government because we got the vaccines. That's not happening now. That is just not happening. And we're falling behind. And the vaccines are working. The seniors are not getting sick anymore. Yeah, they are. And you didn't have any side effects. You weren't sore. You I was like, I, I'm the same as everybody else. Now, I was told the second one's a little different. There might be, but who cares at this point? A friend of ours who's over 65 went to the drive up in um, Canada's Wonderland here in Vaughan. Yeah. He said, bro, nobody was in line. He said, I was out in 10 minutes. I never left my car. There was no lineup. And this is three days into this thing. Nobody was showing up. So then what is it, bro? Is it that our government has failed to get the vaccine shots or the vaccine shots are there and no one's showing up to get them? I think that the group of 65, it's a sign when nobody's there. Lower the 50. Why are we waiting? I think yeah. that because you got to use you got there's only a life a, a shelf you life of six them. weeks. I want to get on the phone and say, can I move up to getting my second one now? If nobody's showing up, and you know, to be honest, I had mine done in the middle of March. There was one person in line before and after me over a half hour because you got to wait around for 15 minutes. There was nobody getting the shot back then at the pharmacy. Now I know it's the uh, AstraZeneca. I have no problem with it as long as they guarantee me I'm not going to get really sick and end up in the hospital. I'll take it, but. Lower it now. Don't wait. If yeah. people over 65 are done or they don't want it, okay, we're moving on. 
55, 50. Don't wait for a week. You're saying there is no chance that we could get everybody covered by the end of summer, by I, Labor not, Day. We've not the way them. it's going. Not if we're begging the state of Michigan to send us vaccines. That is wrong. Why is he not calling Ottawa? Because we don't have them coming in fast enough. We only got 38 million people, Dennis. They're doing that every day in the States. They're doing our population every day in the States right now, if you believe what's being reported. And they're doing it with no issues. I just think there's something wrong in this latest lockdown, uh, stay at home, call it what you want. Now it's got me. I think the premier, and it didn't matter if it was McGinty, Wynn, or Ford, they're in a tough spot. They really are making this up as they go along, whoever the premier, whoever the government of the day is. We've never been through this. They're making it up. But I think there's too many decision makers as part of this. You probably have, let's say, half a dozen people from healthcare and say a half a dozen final decision makers within the government. I'm talking about Ontario here. I think you got to short that. There's too many people at the table that are given opinions that are all over the map. And that's not helping matters here. I've always said healthcare is most important. Whatever the doctors are saying is very important. But at the same time, we left it up to them. None of us would be allowed to leave our houses for a month, including shopping at the grocery store, the pharmacies. They would just say, everybody stay home. If you look at the history of pandemics, millions of people would die. We didn't treat it as a true pandemic because we were still allowed to go out and meet, talk, because the laws weren't in place. There's no laws to enforce it. This has been tough on the young. It's been tough on the old. And now you got to stay positive. But right now, the confusion and the suspicion, I'm seeing it from people that are usually pretty level-headed and grounded in pragmatic thinking, including me. Now I'm wondering, well, what is it? Because I think I could do 20, 25 days. Don't move. You know, but the Amazon, the, the you know, Brampton, Patrick Brown was out there. There were, you know, hundreds of people there. The meatpacking plants, the barber shops, no one's gotten it from a barber. How much of the media do you blame on this and just scaring people? Do you think the media is being honest about all this? I can't listen to, uh, there's a news channel here in Toronto. I'm not going to name it. It's 24-7 news. I don't listen to it anymore. It's so negative. Like, okay, report the negativity. Say we have 3,000 a day. But talk about how many people over 80 aren't getting it anymore at the same time. What's wrong with doing that? They're not doing that. It's all, I turn that channel off now. It's just too negative. I don't watch the 10 o'clock news. I listen I to see. my 60s on yeah. 6. That's In the car, I go between the two news things and sports. And then when I get really depressed, when I hear the numbers back to back. You talk about the Buffalo Sabres? Sabres then I go to vaccine. WTR 550 to really plummet my mood and and let them talk about the Sabres 18 losses in a row creating NHL records covid you know you uh, should be you should not be driving a car when I, you're doing this listen, okay my choices are covid ICU beds or the Sabres you got to pick your poison sometimes so in that order but, uh, yeah listen i know but i think we need something drastic And I don't really want to hear about civil liberties and all that stuff. I need someone to say, we need to do this and we need to do this for the next 30 days to bring everything down 80%. Because right now we're at 3,000. 
where we were at 300 at one point. Well, last summer we're in almost single digits. I mean, I think we we're talking about 30 people last summer. Do you remember July and August where they brought it down? Yep. And then everybody just, they got complacent. And here we are now. How about the other mental health danger of having to see your family every day? <laughs> That's <laughs> because yeah. I'm one God. step away. I'm there, I'm, buddy. I'm, I'm there with you right now. I've told Alex that I'm going to the hunting fishing place. I'm going to set up in the backyard right by that ravine in the corner of your backyard if this goes more than two weeks school shutdown. <laughs> I already told him yesterday. I tell bro to shut the motion detectors off. It's just me. <laughs> Something we got to do. Quick plug. Best fish and chips in Toronto. Okay. Absolutely. The best fish and chips in Toronto is, was my dad's place. Delight fish and chips, which used to be at Eglinton and Markham Road in the 80s. Yep. Right uh, now, though. Ted, let's, let's end this Ted, on a good note. Ted took uh, Delight. He went west to Norseman and Islington, where William F. White's used to be, the big film camera rental place, remember we used for the bridge? What's it called now? Uh, it's still called High Seas Fish and Chips. On Islington. The best halibut and chips in the city. And they're, and they're, obviously, you can pick up, you can take out and do all that. It's takeout. And, uh, you know, Lee's side has got uh, Old York. A High Seas is still the best for me. On Islington. Let's end this on a good note. Yeah, buddy. We got to really support the small businesses, the restaurants. We got to just do as much as we can to support these people to get through this thing. So listen, buddy, thanks. I feel better Thank now you, than I did a half hour ago. I, I feel better too. And uh, I, I'm going to stay hopeful, buddy. We're going to get out of this and get back to LA, get back to Florida. Thanks everybody. Any questions or any comments, go to info at copfather.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dennis. Always a pleasure. Thank you, bro. God bless. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.